0: SRNU. Faith Talk 570 WTBN Pinellas Park and 910 WTWD Plant City. It's time for Verse by Verse, sponsored by Verse by Verse Ministries.
1: Now, we need to understand that over the years, there have been many who have erroneously taught something like this, that Christ died for sinners, but that his death was not sufficient to secure a sinner's salvation. There was something else, something more in addition to faith that sinners have to do to be right with God. There have been many who have taught that, many religious denominations within the sphere of what we would call Christendom have taught this, Protestants as well as Roman Catholic, You have to be baptized, they say, and keep the other sacraments to be righteous in God's sight.
2: Throughout the history of the church, there have been some who simply could not accept the idea that Jesus, by his death on the cross, paid the full price for our salvation, and that we can add nothing to God's great plan of redemption. Some of the first of these who would add something to the Gospel appear to be the false teachers that came into the churches in Galatia, only a few years after these four churches started. So, somewhere around the year A.D. 50, the Apostle Paul wrote a letter to the churches in Galatia, which became the book in our Bible that we know as the Epistle to the Galatians. That will be the subject of our lessons through the next few weeks. Welcome to Verse by Verse, A daily radio Bible class with Pastor Steve Kreloff of Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. His teaching method is to go verse by verse through the Bible. At the end of the broadcast, I'll tell you how you can get a copy of this lesson at no cost to you. Today we begin the series of lessons in the Epistle to the Galatians. It's a rather short letter, taking up about four pages in most Bibles, but it contains a wealth of important principles for living the Christian life. Here's Pastor Steve.
1: This morning, it is our privilege to begin a study of Paul's letter to the Galatians, a study that will, if received by you and applied to your life, will impact you as few books of the Bible have ever impacted you. And the reason for this is the unique message of Galatians. You see, Galatians is a book about freedom, spiritual freedom, from being in bondage to sin and freedom from trying to please God by being religious. It has been called the Magna Carta of Christian liberty. It has been called the Christian's Declaration of Independence. See, Paul's letter to the Galatians is about freedom because, folks, it's about getting the gospel right, about being right concerning the gospel. The Apostle Paul penned this letter because Gentile Christians in an area of the world known back then as Galatia, modern Turkey today, had come under attack by Jewish false teachers who had infiltrated their churches and taught them that it was necessary for them to keep the Mosaic law, specifically the rite of circumcision in order to be saved, in order to be right with God. See, although these men believed that Jesus was the promised Messiah, there was no debate about that. They also believed that Jewish religious observances were necessary for salvation. In other words, they said that salvation came by faith in Christ plus keeping the Mosaic law. Now, we need to understand that over the years, there have been many who have erroneously taught something like this, that Christ died for sinners, but that his death was not sufficient to secure a sinner's salvation. There was something else, something more in addition to faith that sinners have to do to be right with God. There have been many who have taught that. Many religious denominations within the sphere of what we would call Christendom have taught this. Protestants as well as Roman Catholic. You have to be baptized, they say, and keep the other sacraments to be righteous in God's sight. So instead of the Galatian heresy of circumcision, it's just now baptism. It's the same thing. In recent years, some within the Messianic Jewish movement have been so zealous to try to maintain their Jewish Identity and culture, they have taught their followers, and not all, but some, that in addition to believing that Jesus is the Messiah, they are required now by God to keep all the Jewish laws from the Old Testament festivals to observing the Sabbath day practices to eating only kosher food. Folks, it's nothing more than a modern day version of the old Galatian heresy. So, this corruption of the gospel that Paul was dealing with in the churches, and it was a plural group. This letter is not written to one church. It's written to several churches in the region of Galatia. But this corruption of the gospel that Paul's writing to the churches in Galatia about is not something that was limited to first century Christians and that no one else in the history of the church ever, ever battled this. No, that's not true. But watch this. What makes Galatians such a unique and special letter and the message of this epistle so significant is not that false teachers had perverted the gospel. Actually, that, that really was to be expected because Jesus warned his followers that they could expect false teachers. Other apostles said that as well. No, it makes Galatians such a distinct New Testament letter is that these Galatian believers had so quickly begun to abandon the true gospel that Paul had preached to them for a false gospel. That was really heresy, the height of heresy. Notice chapter one, verse six. Paul says immediately, I am amazed, I'm astonished that you are so quickly deserting him who called you by the grace of Christ for a different gospel. That's what makes this so unique. Paul said, it blows my mind that you just had received me and received the message that I brought you and now you're so quickly deserting me and the message. You see, Here's the background. According to Acts 13 and 14, in the years about 47, 48 AD, Paul and Barnabas had visited this area of the world, as I said, known as Galatia. They visited during Paul's first missionary journey, and at that time they established four churches in specific cities, the cities of Antioch, Iconium, Lystra, Derby, you can always look in the back of your Bibles for a Bible map and see where those cities are. That is Galatia. But now, just a few years later, perhaps as early as 50 AD, that's just two or three years after these churches were established, word has reached Paul that these people who had heard him preach the gospel and received what he had taught them about Jesus and salvation, they were forsaking it, forsaking the gospel. Salvation by grace, and were putting themselves under the bondage of Jewish ceremonial laws and trying to attain salvation by religious observances. That's what makes this an amazing letter. This, by the way, is probably Paul's first letter, probably his first inspired letter. We don't know the exact date of it. Most Bible scholars would say about 50 AD. And we don't know where Paul wrote this letter from, it's not important. What is important is the message. See, it was this quick departure from the truth about grace in Christ that absolutely stunned and disturbed Paul. And his reaction in this letter is unlike anything else you'll read anywhere from Paul in the New Testament. I want you to notice how harsh, how intolerant he was as he rebukes the Galatians for so rapidly deserting the message that he preached to them for a false gospel already read verse six. Let me read it again. I am amazed that you are so quickly deserting him who called you by the grace of Christ for a different gospel, which he says is really not another. Only there are some who are disturbing you and want to distort the gospel of Christ. In chapter three, notice this verse one. He says, you foolish Galatians calls them foolish who has bewitched you before whose eyes Jesus Christ was publicly portrayed as crucified. Verse 3 says, Are you so foolish, having begun by the Spirit? Are you now being perfected by the flesh? Saying, are you now moving into a works salvation? He tells them in chapter 5, verse 4, that if they really believe, I mean, if they really believe in their hearts, they have to keep the law of Moses to be saved, then they have rejected gospel then they never had really received it and they're lost in their sins notice chapter 5 verse 4 you have been severed from christ meaning you don't have a relationship with him you never had one he's not saying you lost your salvation you never had one you who are seeking to be justified by law you have fallen from grace harsh language you see Understand this, the Galatians were Paul's spiritual children. This is really, it's tough language, but it's the language of love. Paul had led them to faith in Christ. He was their spiritual father. He loved them. He longed for their spiritual growth, their maturity, but was amazed, even angered at how easily and quickly they had abandoned him and his message of grace for a gospel of salvation by works. Notice Paul's heart and passion for these people. Chapter four verses 19 through 20. So when you read the harsh language, he says to them, understand it's backed up by a love. This is tough love. Verses 19 and 20 of chapter four. My children, with whom I am again in labor until Christ is formed in you, but I could wish to be present with you now and to change my tone for I am perplexed about you. What he's saying is I love you, change my tone. I don't want to be harsh like this, but you are perplexing me with your abandonment of the gospel. But Paul's anger isn't only directed at the Galatians in this letter for being so fickle and and gullible. He is also extremely upset. In fact, you could say he was righteously incensed, infuriated with the false teachers for disrupting the faith of the Galatians. As a matter of fact, he is so upset with them that the things that Paul writes about in this letter concerning these false teachers are absolutely unparalleled in the New Testament. The entire mood of this letter has been described as having, and I quote, a white hot tone. It really does. Not like any other of Paul's letters. It is safe to say that you will n- not find Paul in any of his other letters being more severe or sterner in his use of Language than here in Galatians and what he has to say about these false teachers. Let me show you. Chapter 1, verses 8 and 9. When he says, But even if we are an angel from heaven, should preach to you a gospel contrary to what we have preached to you, meaning the gospel of grace, he's to be accursed. Says the same thing in verse 9. You know what accursed means? It means damned by God. Literally, the thought is devoted to eternal destruction that's strong language. Now, here's something you don't read every day in the New Testament, chapter 5, verse 12. I wish that those, he's talking about the false teachers, I wish that those who are troubling you would even mutilate themselves. Paul was so passionate in his opposition to these men who taught that circumcision was necessary for salvation that he wished that they would take it a step further in their own lives and mutilate themselves by castration. That's exactly what he's saying. In other words, he's saying if these men are that concerned about circumcision as a way to please God, then why stop at circumcision? Let them go all the way and castrate themselves if they think that that'll please God. As I said, not your typical God loves you kind of message here. Now, folks. Understand this, in our post-modern world, a world that prides itself on being tolerant, on being politically correct, it hesitates, our world hesitates to say that anybody is wrong. These are absolutely shocking words, shocking words to hear from the Apostle Paul. But Paul is absolutely correct. The world is wrong. Paul is correct in being so hot-toned and passionate in speaking out against these heretics. See, Paul understood what was at stake here. He was not personally offended. This is not about Paul. This is about fighting for the purity of the gospel. This is about contending for the truth of the faith that salvation is by faith in Christ alone, without any mixture of religious works. These men... We're teaching that the only way that a Gentile could become right with God was to first become a Jew, as well as believe in Jesus. That's why they are often referred to as Judaizers. They wanted Gentiles to become Jews. That's what they taught. Folks, that's the height of heresy. This is absolutely heretical. See, Understand this, if the false teachers of Galatia were allowed to get their way and their message of salvation by faith in Christ plus adherence to the Mosaic Law, if it had taken root and had become the dominant message in the church, then the truth of salvation would have been lost. Because the worth and value of the cross of Jesus Christ would have been invalidated. And that is precisely what Paul tells these Galatians in chapter 2, verse 21, which may be the most significant statement in the entire epistle. He says in chapter 2, verse 21, I do not nullify the grace of God. For if righteousness comes through the law, then Christ died needlessly. Those are powerful words. See, anytime something we can do is added to faith as a requirement for salvation, then we invalidate Christ's atonement. Because if salvation is dependent upon our performance in any way, then we're really saying that Christ's death is not sufficient to atone for our sins. In fact, why would Jesus ever? go to the cross to die for our sins if there's something that I could do to merit righteousness with God. He really died needlessly. That's Paul's point. Listen, if you add works to faith, you destroy faith. Faith stands by itself. When the Bible says faith in Christ, it means faith alone, not faith plus something else. That's what Paul says in Romans chapter 11. If you add to grace, if you add works to grace, then you have works. Listen, if the message of the Galatian legalists, these Judaizers, had been the message embraced by the early church, then Christianity would have been robbed of the message of salvation in Christ alone and would have become nothing more than a minor branch of Judaism. That's all. The gospel message of grace would have vanished with the death of the apostles and then reemerged in some form of Christianized Judaism. You and I would be trying to observed the Sabbath and eating only kosher food and trying to work our way to heaven. We would have believed, as they said, that Christ was the promised Messiah, but our whole emphasis would have been on keeping Jewish rituals with no hope of ever being delivered from sin's bondage. But Paul was determined that that was not going to happen. That the future of Christianity and the gospel message of grace and faith in Christ were not going to be obscured and gobbled up by legalism and these Judaizers. And so he wrote this letter to the Galatians to try to win them back to the truth, emphasizing the true gospel and the freedom and deliverance from sin that it brings. And what we need to understand about this is that although this letter was specifically directed to a group of churches in the first century, God has used the message of Galatians to literally transform the world, and it will and can, by God's grace, transform us. You see, it was Paul's letter to the Galatians that is credited with igniting the Protestant Reformation. Not just the book of Romans, Galatians as well as Romans, because it was from studying Galatians I want to say Romans 2, but also Galatians, that the German monk Martin Luther discovered what had been obscured by the Roman Catholic Church for a thousand years that salvation was by faith alone and not by works. Luther so embraced Galatians that he said it, he was wedded to it. You know what he called it? He called it his Catherine. That was his wife's name. It was his Catherine. He gave lectures on Galatians, he wrote a commentary about it that influenced countless others to see the truth of the grace of God in Christ. In fact, we sang the song For a Thousand Tongues. That was written by Charles Wesley. It was the Wesley brothers who were converted through the reading, at least John Wesley was, through the reading of the commentary of Luther on Galatians. It was John Bunyan, the Puritan preacher who wrote Pilgrim's Progress, who also came to faith in Christ through Luther's understanding of Galatians. Here's what Martin Luther wrote. He said, I was a good monk and kept my order so strictly that I could claim that if ever a monk were able to reach heaven by monkish discipline, I should have found my way. There's not a great expression, monkish discipline. All my fellows, he writes in the house who knew me, would bear me out in this, for if it had continued much longer, I would, what with vigils, prayers, readings, and other such works, have done myself to death What Luther is saying is he worked so hard at trying to earn his way to heaven by what he called monkish discipline, that if he continued like that, he would have died. But his conscience was bothered. No matter what he did, his conscience was still troubled because he knew that he was not, no matter what he did, he was not good enough to be declared righteous by God. That, by the way, is what justification means. It's the act of God by which he declares the sinner righteous when he, puts Christ's legal righteousness on our account. Luther said, "I, I couldn't be declared righteous. I tried, I tried, but my conscience bothered me. And Luther remained in this troubled state until God revealed to him from his study of Galatians as well as Romans, that being righteous before God had nothing to do with his religious performance, but it was based only on Christ and his atoning death. In his lectures on Galatians, here's what Martin Luther said. He said, I do not seek my own active righteousness. I ought to have and perform it, but I declare even if I did have it and perform it, I cannot trust in it or stand up before the judgment of God on the basis of it. Thus, I embrace only the righteousness of Christ, which we do not perform but receive, which we do not have but accept when God the Father grants it to us through Jesus Christ. And as I said, It was Luther's commentary that influenced the Wesleys and the whole Methodist movement and Bunyan as well. And Galatians is still impacting lives for Christ today. And it'll change your life. It'll alter your thinking and your behavior because this is a letter that emphasizes not what you need to do for Christ, but what Jesus Christ has already done for you. See, the message of Galatians is for non-Christians as well as Christians. It's not just a gospel message. You see, those who still need to be saved will benefit from this because it will clearly show them the difference between religion and the grace of God in Christ. But it is also a letter that profoundly influences those of us who are already saved by God's grace because it reminds us that Christianity is not about our performance but about God's grace in Christ, and we need that reminding. Listen to these helpful words by Philip Riken as he explains the relevance of Galatians for the modern reader, both non Christian and Christian alike. It's a little bit long, but it's well worth listening to. He writes, Galatians is a letter for recovering Pharisees. The Pharisees who lived during and after the time of Christ were very religious. They were regular in their worship, orthodox in their theology, and moral in their conduct, yet something was missing. Although God was in their minds and in their actions, he was not in their hearts. Therefore, their religion was little more than hypocrisy. The Pharisees were hypocrites because they thought that what God would do for them depended on what they did for God. So they read their Bibles, prayed, tithed, and kept the Sabbath as if their salvation depended on it. What they failed to understand is that God's grace cannot be earned. It only comes free. There is a way out of Phariseeism, he writes. The way out is called the gospel. It's the good news that Jesus Christ has already done everything necessary for our salvation. If we trust in him, he will make us right with God by giving us the free gift of his grace. When we reject our own righteousness to receive the righteousness of Jesus Christ, we become former Pharisees. He continues, most former Pharisees have a problem, however. It's hard for them to leave their legalism behind. Although initially they receive God's grace for free, they keep trying to put a surcharge on it. They believe that God loves them, but secretly they suspect that his love is conditional, that it depends on how they are doing in the Christian life. They end up with a performance-based Christianity that denies the grace of God. To put this in theological terms, they want to base their justification on their sanctification. This means that most former Pharisees, indeed most Christians, are still in recovery. There is still something of the old legalist in us. Although we've been saved by grace, we do not always know how to live by grace. The gospel is something we received sometime in the past, but not something we live and breathe. Galatians was written for people like us.
2: Yes, Galatians was written for people like us. Written to tell the Christian how to live the life of freedom from the bondage of sin. You can listen to today's class again by going online to our website, versebyverseradio.org. Click on the Message Archive tab and then sort by date to find today's lesson. There are many messages available for free downloading. And you might want to sign up for our free podcast service. Our email address is contact at versebyverseradio.org. And our phone number is 727-239-0306. We would love to hear from you. If you have any questions about today's class or anything in the Christian life, please feel free to contact us. The goal of these broadcasts is to strengthen you in your walk with the Lord Jesus Christ or point you to Him if you've never placed your trust in Him for salvation from sin and its consequences. Verse by Verse is an outreach ministry of Lakeside Community Chapel located at 1893 Sunset Point Road in Clearwater, Florida. If the Lord burdens your heart to help support this ministry financially, we would be very grateful for your obedience to His leading. Just go to our website, versebyverseradio.org, and click the Giving tab. For Pastor Steve and the entire Verse by Verse staff, this is Jerry Peterson thanking you for listening and inviting you to be here next time when we'll be continuing in our study of the Epistle to the Galatians. Join us then for our next Verse by Verse. Encouraging
0: you in Christ. Long before the pain, God was there. Long before the struggle, God was there. Someone want to ask somebody that was going through a trial, this is where was God when the tragedy happened? The answer was the same place he was when it was all good. Faith
1: Talk 570 and 910
0: WTBA